Hello and welcome to Counsel from Above, your place to ask questions from a counselor you wish he would answer from God's Word. I am your host, Nathan Honeycutt, licensed professional counselor, minister of the Church of Christ, enjoying an opportunity today for us to sit and consider three questions from different perspectives, different items. We're just going to kind of call this another potpourri day uh, because I'm getting questions in and I really appreciate those questions coming in. I'm getting some coming in from our uh, Gmail account, which is counselfromabove at gmail.com. Appreciate getting those coming in. I'm also getting some questions through our Facebook page. Please send those to me. I would love to get them. We also have a new addition. We now have an Instagram account. Woo-woo! I have now tried to get into the latest and greatest, so now an Instagram account is now available. Council from above is your place to find that. If you're on Instagram, jump in on that. Follow, like, do all that good stuff that is done to make sure everybody sees the content and the things that are going on. You know, the more that you click that share button, follow us, uh, you make anywhere where you find this podcast, you you make known, you, you make it a favorite, uh, it helps that algorithm to make it known to other people. So it really spreads the word and makes sure others know about it. So if you like the podcast, make sure and do something, comment, share, like, follow, do all of those things. Because all those things make a difference on who else gets to see this podcast. So please help me out. Do your part. Continue to listen, but also spread the word. Let everyone know. We are found on all your favorite podcasting sites and podcasting locations. I'm now on Apple Podcasts, which is now the most popular place to find this particular podcast. And I am so grateful for all of you who come and listen to this program. It is an exciting day as we continue to think about thinking about God's Word and understanding what He wants us to know. Three questions today. Three questions I want to consider First questions come from Anonymous. They sent me a letter, handed it to me. They said, here's some questions I've got. And so I've got a number of those questions. So I've got a couple of them on the podcast today. The first one is kind of a combination question. First part of it says, how should we handle criticism and what do we do when criticized? You know, it's a really interesting question because criticism comes from a number of different uh, sources, reasonings. Um, not all pad, uh, criticism is intended as negative. Not all criticism is intended to harm or to hurt or to uh, get any type of negative response. Sometimes people uh, provide criticism, but a constructive uh, appreciation of wanting to uh, help you improve or get better or know more. So really criticism can be uh, from both a positive and a negative perspective. There are some who have this um, desire to try to tear people down and hurt people with their words. Uh, others are trying to provide a benefit and, and growth. Uh, you know, all of us, I think, receive both from, from people that are around us. And so it's important to know how to handle that. Uh, let me give you a word to remember when it comes to managing criticism. The word is lead, L-E-A-D, lead. When you are criticized, the first thing to do is listen to all the things they tell you. 
a lot of times when someone is talking with us, the first thing that we get, we do is we get defensive and then we listen long enough to create an argument against what they're saying. We listen long enough to say, okay, here's what they said that was wrong. Here's something they said that wrong. Here, let me, let me answer that. If you truly want uh, to gain something, no matter who it's coming from, our first need is to listen to all that is being said. Listen to the full sentence. Listen to the full context. Listen to all the information that is being provided. So the first thing to do is listen to all they're saying. The next thing is evaluate the truth. Evaluate the truth. Is what they're saying logical, truthful, creative, helpful, whatever the case may be? Is it true? One of the things in a defensive nature that we tend to do is when someone provides to us criticism, we shoot the messenger. We don't evaluate the message to see if the message is right, but what we do is we begin to find criticism. We find hypocrisy that they may have or things that they have done that's wrong. Instead of listening and evaluating the truth and then changing, altering, moving according to that particular truth. So once we've listened to all that they've said, we ask the question, is what they're saying true? In spite of how they said it or who said it or where they said it or who else was around, listen to all that's said and then evaluate, is this true? Is this being said, is this truth? The next thing you do is you accept the truth. Whatever they've said that is true, you ha- it's about accepting it. If it's true, then it's about accepting and listening and saying, you know what, let me, let me take this into consideration. Let me, let me think about this. In spite of who said it, in spite of why they said it, in spite of when they said it and blah, 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 we as Christians need to listen to all they said, evaluate truth, but then accept what is true. And when we accept it, make the changes necessary. If what they're saying is true, make the change. Do it differently because they're right. But then the last thing is to dismiss what is not true. There are people that have agendas, make statements, do things in order to upset and irritate. It is our responsibility to listen, evaluate, and dismiss it. If it's not logical, if it's not truth, if it's not real, if it's a perspective, if it's this or if it's that, and it doesn't have any true value to it, dismiss it. Let it go. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your, your thinking. It's not worth your processing. Let it go. Just, just let it go. It's not worth anything. It has no value. It's just someone yapping. And so when someone is criticizing, when someone's providing constructive or destructive criticism, we listen to all that they have to say. We evaluate finding the truth. We accept and make changes with the truth that is found, but then dismiss the things that aren't true. 
And as we do that, we begin to grow and we begin to allow ourselves to gain changes, to make changes and to gain information no matter who the person is that says it. Because ultimately, uh, there may be a lot of people that may say it the wrong way, but say the right thing. They, they may say it the wrong way, but it's truth. And, and we need to be willing and open to listen and hearing what they have to say and hearing the things that are being presented. You know, what do we do when we're criticized? You know, I think about the fact that in 1 Peter chapter 3, we are told very clearly that as a Christian, people are going to try to upset us. People are going to try to irritate us. They're going to try to do those sorts of things. And the Bible gives a very clear direction on what to do with that. In 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 14, But even if you do suffer because you are doing the right thing, then you should be happy. Don't be upset. Don't be afraid like they are afraid. You know, whenever someone is providing something to try to cut us or to hurt us, be happy because that's what they did to Jesus. That's what they did to the disciples. That's what happens when you do the right thing. When you live the right way, Satan's people are going to try their best to get you to not to do what God wants. When that criticism is criticism that isn't true, coming from a, a place of uh, emotion that doesn't fit within God's direction, then that's not coming from God. Now, there are godly people that are going to present to us a message we need to hear. There are people that are going to approach us that are godly people that have a problem, and rightfully so. As that happens, we listen, we acknowledge, we say thank you, and we make changes accordingly. That's how you and I grow in spite of the person that may be presenting it. When we're criticized, lead our minds through it. Listen to all they say. Evaluate what they're saying. Accept the truth. Make the change. And then dismiss the stuff that's not true. That's how you make work through criticism. Question number two comes from our Facebook group. Madeline has asked us, and she's kind of made a statement slash question. She says, needing help to understand how to glorify God in our singleness, praying for a spouse and what that could or should look like. You know, whenever whenever we're single, um, there is seemingly this pool um, to be connected. I think that's part of humanity. God made us people that are connecting and get connected and attach and want to have relationships. This is the way God made us. And when things don't work out the traditional way, if you will, um, you know, most, most of the quote-unquote traditional way, you know, you start dating when you're, you know, a teenager, you date a few people, you find someone, you get married, you have kids, uh, and you have all that before you're 30. And it's not that way for everybody. And in reality... Uh, oftentimes that speed process uh, produces a, a bad picker. Right now we've got about 50% of the marriages are ending in divorce. So obviously the world's got a pretty bad picker when it comes to it. You know, 50-50 may get you in the Hall of Fame, but that's about all it's going to do in the baseball. It's not a good average. You know, you don't want to go to the altar and flip a coin and, and determine whether or not this is going to work out or not. That doesn't sound cool. 
So what do we do if we're if we're single? Well, number one, I think first and foremost is we make sure our number one priority is our number one priority, and that is God. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. There is, without a doubt, opportunities for us to stray away from God in our singleness, to fall into the world and the thinking of the world, when we fail to keep God first. Now, when we keep God first, that may rule out a few people to date. That may mean there's some people that may be available that aren't acceptable to God. And as we begin to try to build that connection, relationships, that growth together, then we do that because God's first. And so we are spending time in prayer, spending time in our word. We're spending time looking for opportunities that God would approve. I heard a phrase one time, it says, you, you can't catch bass in a carp pond. You know, the other thing is if God's first, I have to make sure I'm looking in the right spot for the right person. Can you, can you find a good man at the local bar? Can you find a good woman at the local bar? That's happened. It, it could take place. But you're liable to find more that are struggling than are in good place. It's kind of like finding a, a, a partner in rehab. Yeah, has it worked? Sure it has. Could it happen? Yes. But the reality is, is that there's more relationships that don't work out in those places than do. When you start thinking about relationships, no matter how old you are, no matter what the case may be, whether it is a uh, first relationship or if it is a uh, coming back to the dating world, whatever the, the reasoning might be, it's about going the places where God would be. Where would, where would, where would Jesus approve for you to find a, a mate, a, a spouse, a relationship? Where would God approve? And the more that you spend time where God would want you to be, the better chance and opportunity you are where God wants you to be and have in your life who God would approve. There is no doubt loneliness can take over and things of that nature can happen because we are missing a portion. And the reality also comes is that God says, I can be there to help with that. I, I can be that sufficient portion. And so building the, the relationships, building connections, building those times with those of like mind, of like faith, of like direction. And for those of us who are married or are in relationships, it's important for us to be thinking about our friends, our relatives that may be single to make sure that we're doing all that we can to help make sure they are loved, that they know that they are loved, that they are cared for, they're important, they're valuable. 
and we emphasize that value often and as much as we can because really that's what Satan begins to really pull on because he starts saying, well, you're not valuable or starts pushing on the you just need to settle button. So many people who are single for a lengthy period of time start trying to um, just find whatever, whoever has a pulse or who, who will show up long enough, you know, has a job in all their teeth or something, you know. Sometimes our uh, picker, our choices start trying to, to devalue because of our loneliness. If, if you've got certain characteristics that are important to you and fit within God's standards, then by all means, hold those standards. Can we get ridiculous? Sure. You know, got to be 6'6", got to have this, got to have that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she got to be this, she got to be that. Yeah, we can get real ridiculous with our decisions and what we're picking, and we have to evaluate that. But if we've got reasonable expectations, if we've got reasonable desires, if we've got certain things that are deal breakers that would fit within God's plan, then hold to it. And, and have that trust and that faith that God is going to provide whatever is needed. Now, that may be a relationship, may not be. It, there, there may be things within God's family. There may be things within God's people that are able to fulfill that loneliness and fulfill that connection. But draw close to God's people. Draw close to God, and that's where you find. Please spend the time praying, worshiping, giving to God that praise and appreciation. And who knows what he'll bring you next, because that's the kind of God he is. He wants to make sure you're taken care of, and he will do exactly what it takes. But also remember, and this is kind of my final thought, this life is not everything. There is more to life than this life. Be faithful to God. Build a relationship with Him because ultimately for eternity, whether you're married or not, it's going to matter. For eternity, being in heaven with Him is all that matters. Focus on your relationship. Focus on worshiping Him. Focus on serving Him because that's where you're going to find the most value and appreciation to and from God. Final question today comes again from one of my anonymous letters. The letter says, why do you think God made problems a part of our lives? Well, this is a really good question that I get asked a lot, especially when I'm talking with someone who may want to discount God's presence. Um, and so they call it like the problem of evil. If God's all loving and he's all powerful, then why is there evil in the world? Why are there bad things around? And so it is then determined, I guess, sometimes in some people's minds that, well, because there is um, evil, because there's things that are happening, there's sin in the world, uh, therefore that has to mean then that uh, God can't either fix it or doesn't want to. And, and I don't, and that's obviously, in my opinion, completely and utterly false, because here's the key. And the question is, is why is there problems in our uh, why did God put problems? God didn't put problems in our life. God put one very, very, very good and extremely terrible thing in all of our lives. 
He put one extremely wonderful and the same things extremely terrible thing in all of our lives. And that is free will. God has given us free will. Free will means you have the right to choose what you do and what you don't do. Because we have free will, we have problems. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve in the garden. Satan comes, tempts them, tests them, provides to Eve three things that would appeal to her primal instincts, and she eats of the fruit of the forbidden tree and gives it to her husband, who seemingly was in the same place, hearing the same things, takes the fruit and eats it as well. They had one thing, (laughs) one law, one command to follow. Don't eat that fruit. And man didn't do it. Man didn't do it. So what's the problem? Problem is, is that man was tempted, man had free choice, and man made the wrong decision. The problems that we face in our life, the, the, the biggest problem of all is the problem of sin, the problem of evil. And because we have free will, we have free choice, we have the opportunity to pick and choose what we do, that problem persists. Now, if you think about it, ultimately, God wants to be picked by us. God wants to cho- be chosen by us. God wants us to make the decision, the determination that, you know what, you are number one. You are the one I want in my life. Because of that, that's exactly why God has given us free will. He wants you and I to pick him. And in order to pick him, you and I have to have free choice. So God didn't bring the problem. God gave us the choice. Because of our free will, because of our choice, we bring the problems. We brought sin into the world, and we continue to follow those things. But God's provided the answer. The ultimate answer, greatest, perfect option for all of us, and that is Jesus Christ, Son of God, God incarnate, Son of man, being among all beings that was tempted as we are, and yet without sin, providing the perfect sacrifice to cover us all that are faithful unto him. Yes, there's a problem. Sin is the problem. But Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one that ultimately comes in with his blood to forgive us of our sins if we will but follow and obey his plan of salvation and come in contact with what he wants from us. You know, we truly are a blessed people because we have the ability to choose and we have the ability to be redeemed by a wonderful God and a wonderful Savior. Thank you so much for your time with me today. I appreciate all that you do to make sure this podcast is known, heard, listened, and spread around. Please, please help me out. I continue to encourage you. Send me your questions. I'd love to have them. 
I'll take them on without a question. I appreciate them. You can send them to me to counselfromabove at gmail.com. You can get to us through Facebook, through our Facebook page, Counsel From Above Podcast. You can also check us out on Instagram and be able to continue to follow as we go along with this journey as we continue each and every day to find ways to ultimately listen to God because He always provides us the best counsel from above.